Welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, we're talking about the most recent news and the most recent acquisitions. So let's go ahead and get started right away because we've got a pretty good deal of both to start with. Diamond Select Toys announces a new Destro bust. So this is the second bust that these guys have shown. They did a Storm Shadow one uh, initially. And I I mean, the detail on this is pretty wild. Sorry, my keyboard is, I got a new keyboard. It's super loud. Ooh, a new keyboard. Look at that. (laughs) We're getting new things. I did all my Christmas shopping for myself. G.I. Joe Legends in 3D Destro one half scale limited edition bust. One half scale? Is that right? I, that, I still feel like that's going to be big. Villainous Scottish arms dealer Destro is now a legend in 3D, the second entry in the G.I. Joe series, the first being Storm Shadow. Measuring approximately 10 inches tall, this half-scale bust of the Cobra Associate features his awesome, inspiring medallion at a pedestal base styled after his famous wrist rockets. Limited to only 1,000 pieces, it comes packaged in a full-color box with a number certificate of authenticity designed by Joe Allard, sculpted by Jorge Santos Suiza. Joe Allard, that's that's the dude. He also designed the domes. Oh, that, that they did. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So it looks like uh, at least on Big Bad, the pre-order on these is, have, is already sold out. Um, they were even selling it at a slightly discounted from MSRP. MSRP's on this is one seventy four ninety nine. Big Bad had it for one fifty nine ninety nine, which actually says a lot when you consider what Big Bad charges for their classified figures. It's usually a little bit of a markup. Okay, so I can't speak. Ten inches is obviously not half scale, right? Unless he's got a very small head, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I'm not visualizing this properly. I guess even though I'm looking right at it, there's no banana in these pictures for me to compare. The actual size. <laughs> I mean, okay, so size out of the, I mean, like 10 inches, do, 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 do. Nah, that ain't it. Okay, but it's still pretty big and definitely looks amazing. If you compare this to like the bookends they put out, I don't know, 15 years ago, probably the only other thing closest to this that I've ever seen, that, I mean, this blows it away. But it is a bit of a unique collectible item. I don't know a lot of people in our specific circle that really collects statues and busts and things like this i get that your takeaway is probably going to be this is not for me but what do you think about this overall i mean first off once again joe allard has done some amazing stuff he's done a lot of the mythos pieces he works with a bunch of different companies he's done sideshow stuff he's done so he's phenomenal um with that being said though yeah this is not something i'm going to pick up i've never liked busts I've, I just always feel weird having, like, to me, I, I buy those things as, like, action figures. So you're taking every bit of posability and it just, I mean, don't get me wrong, they look cool, but there's only one way for them to look, and that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, I like everything about this, looking at the design. The base of the bust is, like, his wrist rocket launcher, which is a nice little touch. And the like his little amulet that he wears, the chain on it looks uh, real. Like it, I don't know if it's actually loose fitting, like you can move it around, or if it's just molded uh, in such a way that the chain looks realistic. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of little things about it. If you look really closely at the inside of his like, 
I don't know what his, I guess that's his collar. It has a realistic looking like fabric-y style texture to it almost. So a lot of cool little nods like that. Little, there's like little, uh, those little bolts that like hold his helmet on. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of cool little nods like that. So I do, I like this a lot. It's, I won't say this is outside of my collecting range because there are so few things that are. <laughs> But, you don't have a collecting range. If it has G.I. Joe on it, you have it. I mean, that's essentially it. I looked at the Storm Shadow one and liked it quite a bit also. But, I, I mean, it's pretty expensive overall for what it is. So, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I'm going to think about this. And then here I am looking at it already sold out, obviously. A thousand pieces is not a tremendous amount. So, yeah, I guess by default, I'm passing on it. But, uh... I'd like to have it. I just, it would have to be releasing at a time where there's nothing else coming out. And I can't. Sp- and that is not this time right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to speak for. Uh, I mean, April, I have no idea what's going to be going on. Interestingly enough, the Storm Shadow one, which is slated to arrive this month, is still available for pre order. It has a MSRP of one ninety nine ninety nine, and Big Bad has it for one seventy nine ninety nine. I don't. There might be a cheaper deal out there than that. Although that, I mean, on paper looks good, and I do think the Destro one is looks a little better than the Storm Shadow one. Although the Storm Shadow one has some great like back details. He's got a ton of accessories that he's like carrying on his back. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be happy with either one of these, frankly. But I mean. If I got one, it would be probably the only one. I couldn't just start opening up a collection of these. Unless I got one and it was just like, this is the best thing I've ever owned in my collection. I must continue. But nearing, you know, two, 200 bucks a pop is just not feasible on a regular release schedule. Yeah, I think these are going to be the same way I was with those helmets, where I was like, oh, these are cool, but I'm not going to buy them at this price. Mm-hmm. And then GameStop had them for, you know, 50% off, and I was like, cool, I'll buy one at 50 bucks." you know? Yeah, I don't think we'll probably see these at a greatly discounted price ever, and I, no. I'd like to, I, I would maybe like to have one to have in my collection, just to kind of mix in, but I don't think either one of these characters is going to be the character that puts me over. Certainly, Destro that where we've just had tons and tons of Destro stuff. I have, I still have a Destro that Destro statue where he's firing off his wrist rockets, uh, which is was supposed to have already shipped because they sent me a like, "Hey, it's almost here." Email, we're so prepare for it type deal. And plus, we've got the Mezco Destro still coming, and that was weeks ago. So yeah, we've. Um, I just have a lot of Destro stuff coming. I don't feel a strong need to <laughs> continue to pick things up. So anyway, that's the Diamond Select Destro Legends uh, bust. When I see this, uh, uh, like a non-promotional uh, image for it, I might feel differently. Of course, obviously, by then it might really be too late to try to get one, but I think it has a lot of value. We're just not maybe the target demographic for it. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens when this comes out. And maybe, if like, again, if it just happens to fall at the right time and there's not a flood of other stuff going on, sometimes I impulsively will scoop stuff like this up because I think it looks so good. G.I. Joe, a real American hero Saturday morning adventures, uh, is coming to life from Eric Burnham, Danny Shoning and Luis Antonio Delgado. And so they put out a two page teaser to show it off and it, it looks really, really good. So, 
first of all, I'll just say that the art on this two-page preview is extremely good, both in like line work and coloring, especially really like these two pages really capture the cartoon universe. I think very well. You look at little details like Destro has like that. It's more of like an orange color chest. It's less implied that that's like his skin and more like an undershirt. Cobra Commander is wearing like a, his black cape with his red inside lining. That's something that you see in the G.I. Joe movie specifically. So they have definitely put an attention to detail on what separates the G.I. Joe universe in the cartoon from the other G.I. Joe universes. It stands out in a very specific way. Uh, and so I think that part of it looks great. Also, it's worth noting that in on these two pages, one of the big pulls is that there seems to be a giant like 60-foot bat that's attacking a airport mm -hmm. or base or something so it's also good to know that they're really uh leaning into kind of like the absurdity of the line which is basically the thing that the cartoon specializes in is absolute bonkers concepts the tagline for this four issue miniseries seems to be them focusing on uh finding aladdin's lamp and i guess the i guess that's what that bat probably is is that they you know they wish for a giant something or another to attack G.I. <laughs> Joe, and so they end up with a 60-foot bat. That's, I mean, that's just an assumption. It kind of looks like in this other page that it's cut off a little bit, but it looks like maybe in his other hand, Cobra Commander already has that, the lamp. So, Jaren, I know we haven't really talked about the cartoon yet, but what's, what do you think about this? Do you think this has a lot of potential? Do you think it looks appealing? I mean, I'm going to read it for sure. I love the art. Like, you could you could tell me that this was a promo for the cartoon, and I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, this is 100% just... Like, if you showed me one one photo of this, just one of these frames, I would be like, oh, is that, like, from a trailer or something from the movie? Or are they doing another one? Like, it, it looks perfect. Um, and they have giant bats. The only thing that they're missing in this promotional thing is uh, Vamp. Or they would have had me 100%. Or Tripwire, somehow defusing it, I guess. Or, yeah. Hey, they did sneak in a little barbecue behind there. <laughs> so, they've got, so they showed both. Uh, they've got two covers for this. There's an A cover and a B cover. I'm sure they'll have lots of variant covers as well to be unveiled. And obviously the tagline on this is Saturday Morning Adventures. Lots of people, lots and lots and lots of people have come out and said, hey, G.I. Joe didn't air on Saturday morning. It was a Monday through Friday cartoon. That's correct. You might be looking too literally into this. I think they were just looking for a way to differentiate that it was a cartoon-based book, and Saturday morning is synonymous, obviously, with with the <laughs> cartoons, or was. So what you're telling me is they should have called it the Monday through Friday morning adventures. I mean, I don't know what, uh, yeah, I guess comic. You, you could have just called it something like G.I. <laughs> Joe, the comic book, or the cartoon years or something, but uh, Saturday morning adventures works. It checks out. Um, yeah, so I'm very interested in reading this. Uh, I think they uh, probably did the right thing by coming out, making it just like a mini series first to see what you know, how many do they sell? What's the general feedback? Do they want to continue with it? And so, in this sense, the book lends itself kind of like the original five parters that are very famous for the GHO cartoon years, like Pyramid of Darkness. So they're trying to do another thing like that, like it's kind of like a maxi series. And then I guess if they like it and they want to do more um they can continue to do that kind of like five issue format that uh stays in line with the cartoon i say all that but our next news item 
IDW to lose com- G.I. Joe comics license in 2022. This comes to us from bleedingcool.com. Over the weekend at San Diego Comic Con 2021 special edition, there was plenty to talk about the state of there was plenty to talk about the state of the comic book industry as it stands, as well as the many moves that have been happening of late and will be happening in the very near future. And as big publishers chose not to attend the show, it meant there was much less management of the information that flowed. One such nugget was the news that IDW Publishing, based just up the road in San Diego, is to not only lose their license to produce comic books based on the Transformers franchise from Hasbro, but also that they would lose the license to G.I. Joe. I did not hear about My Little Pony, but one could speculate. So, this is not... I mean, this still does technically fall under the rumor mill, although the person that is... The person that is reporting on this has an unidentified source that I guess is supposed to be pretty solid. IDW has not replied to any inquiries or said anything public about it, but it uh, seems likely they have had the license for quite a while now. There, you know, there maybe is a renewal time coming up that either Hasbro doesn't want to renew or uh, IDW maybe owes the money and can't afford to renew. So this is going to be kind of a big deal so you asked me earlier uh you know how that line would fare if this is the case it might not do too well yeah i mean that's i guess that's the unfortunate part of it is if it comes out and it's a huge hit and then they lose the license i mean that's pretty much all she wrote unless the rights to the license go to another comic book publisher and they choose to you know continue it on their own so so if if IDW did lose it, it would have to go to Marvel, right? Is that is that the only other company that's that's held the, the license? So well, Image had it because they partnered with Devil Do there in the beginning while they were getting off their feet and published it. But and a lot of people have put forward the idea that Marvel might buy the license back, and I'm gonna go ahead and just squash that right now. Uh, <laughs> if you if you pull up uh, a spreadsheet of the how comics are selling on a monthly basis. You can find a sheet that shows like where every book sells and number wise. And in it's on its best day, the GI Joe, a real American hero comic from IDW does not pull good numbers. Like I know that's hard to hear, but of the IDW licenses that are available, GI Joe is one of the lowest pulls. My Little Pony consistently outsells it month to month. So it doesn't even come close to pulling the numbers that it did when it was at Marvel. Obviously, when it was a Marvel-published book, it was, for a long stretch, the best-selling Marvel comic that they had, outselling every superhero book that they had on the market to go up, you know, that was not going up against it, but was on sale at the same time, which really speaks about its popularity at the time compared to where we're at with it now but anyway what i'm getting at is it doesn't pull the numbers for marvel to even give it a second look as in a general statement and i hate to say this it's not a license that a comic book company i think would feel competitive about meaning that there is a possibility that their idw is losing the license for not a non-competitive reason they can't afford to pay the renewal fees. Maybe Hasbro wants more money to continue the license. Maybe they owe Hasbro money already on the license and they're like in the black because of it. Uh, there's a lot of factors like that. But I think it's important to realize that the, the reality of it could be that IDW loses the license and then there are no more G.I. Joe comics for a while 
Oh, I mean, mm. for a very long while, depending on what would happen with it. The other unfortunate reality is it could go to another publisher, and they want to put their own, want to do their own thing, which could mean a couple of um, not great things. The first off, it could be if they just choose to relaunch or continue the real American Hero continuity that we're reading currently, they might not bring Larry back. They might let somebody else take over, which would be a tough reception. I can guarantee it because we've you know we're close to the 300 issue mark uh, and that's almost exclusively 300 issues read just by larry so they gave it to somebody else i feel like that would leave a bad taste in everybody's mouth and if they choose to bury that line and relaunch with a new continuity which is what adw did in the beginning is they basically just said we're just going to start over and it's like a complete reboot. And although that wasn't received very well initially, I do feel like they found their audience over time in that rebooted universe. And then it just kind of got swallowed up with new concept after new concept until there certainly wasn't a, a single comic in the reboot universe at all any longer. So, uh, I mean, it's obviously this is all wait and see. We don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe there's still hope that they can uh, fix whatever's causing the license to expire for them and they'll be able to continue i think that's honestly the best case scenario i don't see a situation where this book goes to a different publisher and they give us a better offering than what we're getting right now so anyway that's on the plate i guess we'll find out they're saying around summer 2022 is maybe the expected time frame for it to expire so we do have a little bit of time left I guess in the from a pessimistic point of view, my hope is that if they're losing it and there's no immediate contingency plan for the book, that they give Larry enough time to put a bow on his second run, not just one single issue, so he can kind of like give us a little bit of closure while we wait to see, you know, what's next, if anything. Your thoughts on that? I know you haven't been reading the current continuity much, but what do you mean? I get it. I get it held for me in my in my box. Do you really? Yeah. Have you been reading them? I'm probably I'm probably the only other person at our local <laughs> comic shop that has them. Um, <laughs> do you have you been reading that stuff? We have not talked about modern continuity GI Joe stuff at I'm all. A, I'm a I'm a few issues. I'm like two issues behind, but I do. I still have them. Okay. I pick them up, but. Um, I have been reading since. Is it Sherlock? Is that the character? Yeah, she's the new the new Joe. Yeah, it was it was when it was kind of her stories when I picked it up. Okay, cool. Well, um, remind me to come back and talk to you about that because we haven't talked a lot about modern continuity, GI Joe comic <laughs> stuff. I'm I'm trying to trying to skip ahead so I know a little bit when you know when we get 10, there twenty years down the line <laughs> when, we, when we get to to na- whatever now is fair enough. <laughs> All right, so let's take a look at the next news item. RoboSkull got funded. Hey, we didn't talk about the RoboSkull much when it was going on, and that's kind of on us. I think because it was such a runaway success, I didn't feel like we needed to do a whole lot of promotional work for it because kind of everybody else was doing it for us. And I know that we had flip-flopped a little bit because you were originally backing it, and then you chose not to back it because you felt like it was a better use of your money to back the sky striker, which I totally mm-hmm. get. If you don't really have any sort of emotional connection to the robo skull, uh, that it's just a cool looking and appealing toy. But as someone that's been pursuing a vintage robo skull for quite a while now, 
the Robo's Club Kickstarter, I think, was like a godsend for me. Like, it was exactly what I wanted, and I'm glad that I was able to find the funds at the last second to just get the base offering. And then, I'd, obviously, I don't have to think about it right now, but they have tons and tons of great add-ons that I would I want to put on there as well when that when the time comes. Um, so anyway, congratulations to the Skeletron guys for just about the most successful like Kickstarter project I've ever seen in the action figure world. Certainly the most successful one that I've ever been a part of. Um, I'm really glad it got funded, uh, and I'm really glad it like blew away the goals that kind of were expected for it. And uh, this goes without saying, but I'm extremely excited to see that thing when it does finally get my hands. I mean, it's it's amazing, and I think the fact that they were... Uh, you can tell that they put so much care into it, not only in the, uh, you know, paying homage and really honoring the past of Action Force um, and, you know, and of the, the previous Roboskull, but also just in, hey, we know that we have collectors of two different sizes. You know, we know that we have six inch and we know that we have three and three quarter inch. Like, and they, they, they made sure that, hey, look, we made this so that you can use it for either or both. And it, it did make me like, uh, I was like, Oh cool. A six inch, a six inch fighter. You know, that's really cool. I might get it. And then I was like, you know what? I mean, unfortunately it's just not something for me. If, if my budget was a lot bigger, I, I definitely would have done it. But with holidays coming up and then we have Winterfest and you know, all these other things coming up, the budget gets really tight. And then the HasLab and, I mean, there's three different HasLabs going on, and I liked all three of them. You know, <laughs> like, it's just a it's a bad timing. Yeah, it's an incredibly poorly thought out decision to end a Kickstarter in December, in my opinion, because yeah. the average person has tons of other stuff on their plate. And it was truly, for me, a last-minute stretch to get the money I needed for that RoboSkull, even at the base offering, just because of the way things are right now. And that doesn't even factor in our next news item. G.I. Joe Sky Striker HasLab update. So this week, well, I should, I guess I should say by the time you guys hear this, the HasLab will be over. We'll already know if it's funded or not. At this time, we're just shy of about two days left. We've got just under 48 hours and they're at 7,156 backers. And again, our target is at 10K. They, this week came out and showed the Cobra Hack Initiative, which is um additional they've got cobra figures that you can get with it now and it has a sticker sheet that is cobra themed like instead of saying gi joe it says no joe on the side and it's actually a pretty smart take on cobra captured sky striker now do i think that that's enough to put it over the edge well i i don't know at this point 7k is some is actually some pretty steady growth before the very end. And as I've heard multiple times at this point, um, the end game is where things really get crazy and you see, you know, it suddenly blows through the roof at the last second. I'm assuming that is people that just don't know if they're going to have the money at the last minute. And I totally get that. As somebody that has just barely set aside the funds for this also, it's like a big, it's going to be a big deal. Because if, if it doesn't fund, it frees up a lot of money for me to put towards Winterfest or just in general. I can, I mean, that's a lot of money for me to, I, I don't know, I could do actual Christmas shopping with it <laughs> instead <laughs> of just buying for myself like I normally do. So you told me today that you've also decided not to back this at the last moment. And I mean, that's, 
I, I totally understand for all the reasons that we just said, it's a tough time of year to be trying to put, you know, a couple hundred bucks back for yourself even. Seems almost greedy, honestly, but it is what it is. Obviously, there are people that are more financially set than we are that probably don't even have to give it a second thought or maybe don't have to do as much Christmas shopping as we do. Or And there are people on the other side that maybe are, have boatloads of money, but they just don't feel that the value is there for the cost. I do think that the Cobra edition does really put it closer to the line on what they're charging versus the value of it. Uh, and compared to the other kind of uh, stuff that's going on in the HasLab, with, especially with that Rancor, which seems to be a complete disaster, I think they at least have a little bit more support than that Star Wars one does. That's all I see is people trashing yeah. that. So we'll see i'm excited i will certainly be watching the countdown on this you know as it ends in the next 48 hours because i am curious to see if it's going to make it or not i think that regardless how you feel about the funding or the the how much it's they're charging for it i think that it will be a big deal if this funds or not if it funds even just barely then i think that the opportunity for other has labs are greatly increased and we might get something even better next time like they're gonna they're gonna use this as a gauge to see if it's feasible and then from there they will listen to what people want and what is realistic you know like if they put out i know a lot of people have been talking about the, a three and three four scale well which i don't think is you know i think is proportionate based on this release is something that they could still get away with for me the the only thing that that the thing that could have made it a little better and you know i think this i think that this price is justified for all of the things i mean all the different kitted out things the the details that they've added the only thing that i wish is that a you know a third of the things that you get are you are interchangeable so then you're not you're not able to use all of it at the same time. You know, you've got missiles from different sets. You got wings from different sets. You got stickers. You you know, if you have one stri- sky striker, you can't put, you can't make it a Cobra stri- sky striker and then also a GI Joe sky striker. You have to pick. Right. And that that's the only thing for me that I'm like, man, you know, I like the idea of the Cobra one, but if I'm buying this as a sky striker, I want it to be a sky striker. So then if I was going to make a Cobra one, I'd rather have two, but there's no way that I could get two of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've got four kids, so I've got a lot of Christmas presents that I've got to get. No doubt. Um, so, and it's one of those things that I'm, I'm considering backing and just being like, Hey, this is my birthday present, which is, you know, uh, coming up in a little over a week. So I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I could do that, but it's just, it's right there on the line. If it was under $200, I would, I would, I would definitely be in. Um, or if they said, Hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and give you those stretch goals. If they came out and said, Hey, guess what? You're going to get that scarlet. You're going to get the, the little dudes, the, the, the flight crew, and you're going to get that night force, uh, ripcord. If they said that, then, then they would probably tip it back into my favor. But, um, it's just hard to have 250 bucks tied up that you're not going to see a toy of for over a year. So what if tomorrow this thing starts blowing up and they blow through all the other goals and so it's going to be like a for sure or is that going to change your mind at the last minute i think so if if they hit all of the, if they somehow i mean you have to double the the amount of backers so i don't think that's going to happen but if they somehow did 
Even if they got to 16, even if they just got to Night Force Ripcord, I think that would do it. I think. <laughs> in theory, that would do it. Yeah, I don't have realistic expectations in regards to... I don't think they're going to blow through all their goals. So I think at this point, we're going to be kind of close just to see if we make it. Which is a shame yeah. because the people that are like, oh, there's not enough value there, so I'm not backing it, are the same people that are going to prevent us from getting the stuff that we actually want. <laughs> Uh, because I do feel like if you factor everything in, I do think the price point gets a little bit more justified. But if you have, yeah. to, but if I have to, if I'm paying the same price and I'm only getting the bare offering, that is going to leave a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. But it is what it is. We just got to ride it out and see what happens. So anyway, I guess we spent a lot of time on something that's already over by the time people hear it. Yeah, here's our, here's our thoughts on something that's ended by the time by the time it's going on. It is something that's very like it's really strong in my in my thought process right now, I'm really uh, watching it pretty, pretty regularly to see what happens with it. All right. So that's the last news item. I guess that means it's time to go to recent acquisitions, recent acquisitions, recent acquisitions, the day, the same day that our last recent acquisitions episode went up that evening, as I was at work, the same gentleman that we bought that lot of sent me a message and said, Hey, you had mentioned that, Maybe in a couple of weeks when you get paid, you would be interested in this, all these ve- some of these vehicles that I have, um, which is true. That's what we told him. Uh, he said, well, we're getting ready to try to move, and I'd, I'd really like to get rid of them. Well, <laughs> that was an opening that I wasn't expecting to get that day um, because we had kind of like spaced some stuff out, and we were still kind of – I was still especially working at, at identifying and placing the parts – that we had gotten from this first initial lot from this guy. But I knew this dude was in a hurry to get out of where he's at. And part of that involved, you know, moving a bunch of junk that we at the biz call treasures. <laughs> I already basically knew what this guy had because we saw it when we were over there. And I also obviously had the advantage of knowing that this guy needed to get this stuff out quick. So I... Made him an offer uh, over the phone. I said, I, listen, I, this is what I'm willing to pay for what I've seen. And the amount that I offered him was $375. And this was tough because Jaron was not in on this deal. He didn't have the funds right at that time to go in on it. So that meant I was going to have to put all the money up front myself and hopefully get a little bit of that money back on the back end because that is uh, a tremendous purchase on my behalf to make on my own. Although I should say that a good portion of the money that I paid him is from selling the stuff that I got in that first lot. So in a very real sense, I was giving him some of his entitled earns back for more of his belongings. But the deal I shot over was like, I'm willing to pay three. I actually said three fifty, and he said, how about, 400 and we settled at 375 i said but for this price i want everything that you've got left i want all your vehicles i want all the broken figures that you kind of like didn't show us or were like kind of had to decide i don't care how damaged it is i want it because i'll strip it down for parts or rebuild it depending on what's missing from it so he's like okay that's the deal that you got to come get them like right now so i work a third shift job and i get off work at 6 a.m which meant that i had to drive uh not far 
but still through a lot of traffic after having worked 12 hours. And I showed up at this guy's place. It's freezing cold, and it's still pitch black. And I go in there, and he takes me in there, and he has all his stuff. And he's like, this is everything I've got, blah, 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 loaded up. He's like, I found a small box of non-G.I. Joe-related toys, figures from the 80s. It's like basically all accessories. It's like, I don't know what most of it goes to, but I, I figured I'd let you take it. I was like, okay, great. So I don't really look at what I've got. I just pack it all up because I'm cold and I'm tired. They bring it back home. So of the stuff that this guy had left, and it's worth noting that he had sold some stuff that we had seen that it wasn't there anymore. There was specifically a Rolling Thunder that I thought was a for sure part of this deal. And that was on me for being too eager to just close the deal on the whole kit and caboodle. Um, but it was, it, it wasn't there either, or he chose to keep it back thinking I wouldn't remember, but that's fine. I was too tired to call him out on it and I was still getting plenty <laughs> of stuff. It's worth, I mean, like when you see all the stuff that I get, 375 is, is definitely a steal. I'll certainly be able to make at least some of that money back even after the things that I keep. So if you're not watching this on YouTube, I'll try to give you a brief idea of how much stuff was in this lot. Um, the total amount of figures that this guy held back from us is staggering. And there's also a tremendous amount of these figures that when I went to look at them are not damaged at all. So it was like he had just pulled out figures that he knew were older and perhaps more valuable. And then he kept a lot of stuff that was perfectly fine from us. But it's hard to be too upset at this dude because we have basically like, I've taken everything he has of value and made more money off of it than he does. I mean, even though I did all the heavy lift and I've cleaned and sorted and repaired, you know, I spent hours on this stuff just to get it into a sellable state. So when I picked up this lot of figures, I basically already, you know, I knew I didn't really need any of it for my personal collection. At best, I would find either some accessories that I wanted or uh, they would be in better shape than my existing figure. But when I got them home and started cleaning them, I noticed that almost all the figures have a, a kind of a subtle, smoky smell to them. And although I know that there are tips and tricks for removing that smell, I didn't really want to get too far into repairing or recovering stuff that I knew I wasn't keeping. So I did a very the very minimum with them. I like put them through the wash and tried to clean off any like dust or residue. Try to maybe like cover that scent up a little bit. Anybody that had an O-ring that was completely broken, I replaced with the exception of a couple of figures that were like Ninja Force. Those figures had to be cut open. Um, and so when I was l- looked at what I had left, I had a pretty good little lot of figures. As a matter of fact, the only thing that I kept out of this lot for myself was a couple of troop builders. There was a, a V1 Iron Grenadier, a V1 Knight Creeper, and uh, a V2 Bat. And I was like, well, these are the guys that are like the classics, basically. Oh, there was a, there's a Toxo zombie in there also that I kept. I've started suddenly troop building these guys when I come into contact with them. But for the most part, I try to keep my troop building to the really well-known high-ranking troops. I don't want a bunch of incinerators or saw vipers or range vipers or night vipers or frag vipers, all of which were included in the slot. I don't want a bunch of desert scorpions or Python patrol. Like I just don't need to troop build that, but unique troops and specifically unique troops that 
don't have tons of other factions. I'm specifically speaking of like night creepers, which are just, that's it. You're your own group and you're called night creepers. And this is typically what you look like. And then also iron grenadiers, which is obviously Destro's guys. They don't, first of all, don't change their appearance a lot over the years. And second of all, are, you know, one of a very small handful of troop builders that exist on Destro's side. Those figures I really, really want. And then I keep bats because I love the bats. So everything else is fair game. And what that amounted to was about 68 total vintage figures. I am using the term vintage pretty loosely because there was some Valor versus Venom stuff in there. There's a lot of spy troops figures in there. So of those 68 figures, let's say roughly 20-ish are kind of like not not official O-ring figures. They're the kind of the awkward ears. But still, much, many, many, many more figures than I was expecting to get. There was a Hooded Cobra Commander in there. There's a Globulus in there. There's a Firefly V2. There's a Storm Shadow V2. There's like three Python Patrol Troopers. Destro V2. Snake Eyes V3, V4. Um, so you're mostly mid to late 80s, early 90s figures in here. Not of the same like caliber of the stuff that Jaren and I got in the last one. Like the stuff we got last time was like premium stuff. These guys don't have a lot of their accessories. Maybe one in f- five to eight figures has got a broken thumb or crotch or something. So there are broken figures. There are yellowed figures. But there were definitely more figures that were intact than I expected. And there was a couple of goodies right off the bat in this lot as well. I don't want to dig too deep into the nitty gritty because it really is has been a scavenger hunt for me. But the one thing <laughs> I one thing I found with the uh, figure lot that I wasn't expecting to find is he had a cesspool in there, and it came with his original helmet, and that helmet has his rebreather on it. If you're not familiar with this cesspool's helmet, which is just like a gold helmet with a gigantic orange visor, has a small rebreather that like is attached to the front of it. It almost looks like it plugs in, but I think that's just how it has been degrading over the years. Anyway, it is getting much, much harder to find that helmet with the, that piece on it. And because Cesspool is one of my favorite villains, I was extremely happy to find that piece because I already knew I, that my rebreather was missing. I have the helmet. It just has a hole in front. So that was my favorite find out of the just of the figures. Now... That wasn't even the reason I bought the lot. I bought the lot for the vehicles. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what I got for my money. Now, most of these vehicles aren't complete, but almost none of them, I would say, really qualify as uh, destitute. Like a lot of these have got most of their parts or are very are closer to being complete than incomplete. I'll say that. Uh, so in no particular order, here's some stuff I got in this lot. Uh, I got the Rage. I got the, this is all vintage stuff. I got a Mean Dog. I got the, uh, there's a regular Hiss tank. There's a Paralyzer. I think that's what that's called. Uh, there was a Warthog. There's the little Destro's Despoiler. There's a Swamp Masher. There's a Stun. There's a Pogo. There's a, there's a C-Ray in there. There's a Hiss tank. There's a Hiss tank, uh, a Hiss 2 tank. Um, Overlord's little chariot thing. The Cobra Adder is in there. A couple of stuff, I, a couple of pieces I haven't actually identified yet. There's a Battle Force 2000 vehicle. The uh, Grizzly is in there. The Patriot was in there. The Skystorm X-Wing Chopper was in there. So a pretty big lot of vehicles 
when it's all said and done. And that's just the stuff that I can actually identify on site. Oh, there was a triple T in there. I forgot about that. Uh, it's a pretty big. Be- oh, there was a, also a Phantom, the uh, uh, Phantom X 19. Yeah. Which I actually, when I got to looking at, found out was in much better condition than my existing one. Than the one that you got at the the toy mall? Yeah. Um, between that one, the one I had, and the one at the toy mall, I was able to put together one pretty complete one. Nice. So, of this vehicle lot, there were several pieces in it that I just did not have in my collection at all. I had never had a hammer before. I never even really seen one in person. And I love that. I think it's wonderful. I had been looking for a Warthog actively for the bigger part of this year and wasn't able to put my hands on one for a good price. Uh, so that definitely covered a big part of buying into this. Uh, and it was it's mostly complete except for it's missing one handlebar inside. And there's a machine gun that's mounted right above the little like uh, openings where the figures go. And that piece is broken off a little bit, but it still stays in place. So not perfect, but pretty darn close. Um, I, although I had a Cobra Adder when I was a kid, the part with the two missiles, I must have gotten rid of it in one of my purges, so I was able to add that back in. Um, there's a couple of these smaller vehicles. There's like a little barge. It's not the battle barge, but it's like a little tiny Cobra hovercraft. I didn't have that, and they also have a little tiny Cobra jetpack that I didn't have. There was a battle copter in there I didn't have. Um, I didn't, I also didn't have, um, that Patriot. So I had already added a bunch of stuff to my collection from this lot that I didn't have at all, which really puts a lot of value on it for me. Um, in addition to that, I was able to utilize some pieces from this, um, to complete some stuff I already had. Like I got a triple T and I have talked on previous episodes about how, the triple T I have has some like melting plastic on it. So I was able to fix that up. And then basically I just kind of looked at what was left and thought, well, am I keeping this? Am I selling it? And you know, I'm still doing kind of going through that process of matching it up with my existing one. And then I'm also kind of fighting with myself with stuff that I don't need to keep. I'm keeping anyway. Like, do I need to keep another original his tank? Probably not, <laughs> but I probably will. I'll probably keep that his too. Also just because I like it so much. So yeah, that's uh, that was my big acquisition. I'll let I'll follow up with that as I start to kind of piece that stuff off and let you guys know, you know, if that was a, a good investment. But I feel like for the money that I put into it, that it was definitely well worth it, uh, and I'm extremely happy with it. It's rare for me to get a lot that has anything in it that I don't need, much less getting, you know, I probably pulled four or five vehicles that I can mark off my list altogether because they're either already complete or so close to complete that it's a done deal. And that's not including that I'm going to, you know, Jaren will have an opportunity down the line if he wants to pick up some stuff out of that from me. He can just kind of pick and choose what he wants as we go through it. So anyway, that's our that's our second haul. Um, and it was great. I uh, was very unexpected to get hit with that so soon after buying those figures. And I'm glad it put me in a position of like where I could kind of use that to my advantage. Although, I mean, again, in all honesty, the amount that I paid was more than I would usually pay for an individual lot. I just, it just happened to fall at a time where I had just enough money to kind of make it happen. And I'm glad it did. I, you know, no Joe left behind. I'll pretty much buy anything if I can get it at a right price. And then I'll figure out what I want to do with it later on. Oh, that's awesome. 
go ahead. What did you? What have you? What have you picked up recently? Uh, since you talk crap to, crap about them, I got a night creeper. Okay, V one or V two? Uh, V one. I've already got V two. Okay. <laughs> um, I got a, a roadblock from Star Brigade. Mm-hmm. One of the ones, not the orange suit, the one with the white and blue suit. I want to try to find an orange and black suit, but it seems like that one's rare. Yeah, it is a little bit less common. Um, I got a saw viper since you talk crap about them. <laughs> I'm not talking crap. I just don't need a ton of them. <laughs> I got a Captain Gridiron since uh, that lot that we had had a bunch of Captain Gridiron parts. Mm-hmm. So now I've got a complete Captain Gridiron. Nice. And then I got a Shipwreck V2, which is actually, in my opinion, a com- very underrated figure. Yeah, that's a good figure. And then uh, I got the the last pickup I got, and I might have mentioned it last week, or might have said that I wanted to get one, but it's a, a Flint from the Eco Warriors. Ah, uh, yes, another great underrated figure. Just not. I mean, it's not. It's not your haul because uh-huh. you know you got my haul. The, the second behemoth. My haul is a lot of work. It's a lot. It's not as much <laughs> stuff that I needed as much as it is stuff that I can maybe use to leverage to get more stuff that I do need. So with you bowing out of both of the kickstarters and missing out on this lot, what's on your docket? Like, what are you going for next? Um, really, it's just. After after Christmas is over, it's prepping for Winterfest. You know, uh, uh, only a week or two of prep time, but but still, um, you know, that's kind of my big thing that trying to get that knocked out of the way. Um, I would like to find uh, there, there's a few of the bigger the bigger things that I would like, like either a uh, a Crusader or and I mean bigger is in like price point, not as in necessarily physical. Um, like a crusader or a dino hunters, something like that. Something that if I found something like that, I would buy it and that would probably be my whole haul from Winterfest. but it would make me happy. Yeah. It'd definitely be like a grill item for sure. And, but unfortunately a lot of times with grill items, that's the price you pay is you pick it up and only it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, great. So I guess we'll see. Winterfest is right around the corner. We'll be covering that. We might even try to do some recording there if we can, um, but certainly as we're prepping up for it, we expect it to be another pretty big haul. I think we'll have a lot to talk about from that as well. We can just take our camera and I'll have it in the bag the whole night and we'll just not use it just like last time. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in two short weeks where we're going to continue our coverage of G.I. Joe Declassified with G.I. Joe Declassified number two, Origin of Shooter. We encourage you to join us for that as it's been a pretty excellent read into the backstories of the Joes before they started the G.I. Joe team. You can reach out to us directly at anythingjoespod at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media at anythingjoespod. That's on our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Facebook, and you can find our YouTube channel directly at anythingjoes. We'd like to thank you so much for joining us today, and thanks so much for listening. We look forward to talking to you again in just two short weeks, where anything's available for discussion here on Anything Joes. <laughs> <laughs>